and welcome to the Weekly Apex Podcast, a show produced by Raging Aussie Media. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Weekly Apex. I'm your host, Alexander Krogus, and today I'm with, with my guest, Neil Butler, all the way in Geelong. How's it going today? G'day, Alexander. It's going well, thank you, even though it's different days. It's Monday over here and it's Sunday over there. Okay, yeah. So, what do you do for a living? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, that'll take three quarters of an hour to explain that. I run a small business called Untypical, which you can see over my shoulder here. Uh, Untypical is, uh, I guess, the closest thing you'd call it is a uh, consulting firm, but also a media organisation as well. So we do podcasting, we do uh, radio, online radio, uh, and some community radio in and around the city of Geelong. Which, for people who are wondering, where on earth is Geelong? Seventy kilometres southwest of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. How many? Uh... How long has it been since you first started having an interest in podcasting radio? Radio Radio started on New Year's Eve of 2007, uh, going into 2008. Uh, you'd think I would be better at it, wouldn't you, that, with all that practice? But <clears throat> um, I had a fascination with radio when I was a kid because back when I was uh, in my teenage years, so your age, um, radio was king. Uh, television, you'd go home from school and you would watch TV for half an hour or an hour or something like that. But then you would listen to the radio most of the time. That was the thing that provided us with our musical entertainment more than anything else. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all those sorts of things. We didn't have musical downloads. So the radio was really a, a sort of a magical place that I enjoyed listening to, but then realized I was never going to get into radio. You know, I wasn't good enough. Um, and then 2007, New Year's Eve, my daughter was doing some community radio which is volunteer radio that's generally associated with an area, geographic area around where you live. And uh, one night her co-host didn't turn up and she said, hey, Dad, you better come and help me, which I did. And uh, that was, what, almost 13 years ago. So um, I've been doing it pretty consistently ever since. I see. Yeah. So what was your, what did you do before you started Untypical? Well, I've worked with a number of companies. I've worked with a, uh, a large oil company. Are we naming names on this organi- on this podcast or are we just pretending that they're lo- large companies? We, do we want names? You can say names. Okay. So I worked with uh, BP for 13 years, BP being the oil company. I also did a couple of years with Shell, uh, the other oil company. Uh, but originally I was a school teacher. I taught uh, mathematics and science and was uh, one of the first computer teachers in Victoria as well, uh, going back into the mid-80s where computing was very new. I see. So, what was I going to say? Brain fart. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so, what did you... I already asked that. Oh. For Untypical, how many podcasts or radio stations do you have or broadcast on? Okay, so I have... <laughs> conveniently, if I move my head like that, uh, which way? That way. You can see the names of the two radio stations that I've got. One's called Go GoRadio.Live. The other one is called Pub Radio Australia. And uh, GoRadio.Live has been going for two years. It's a 24-7 music stream predominantly. But at the moment, because I'm not in a what my mother would call a job, because I'm doing you know other work around podcasting, so doing work rather than having a job, 
I've been getting up early on a uh, weekday morning and doing an hour and a half of live breakfast. And on a Friday night, I do a request sort of music show on a Friday night as well. This is all at Melbourne times, obviously. And unfortunately, you can only listen to it in Australia because the, the station is geo-blocked for reasons of uh, music licensing. The other one, Pub Radio, uh, where is it? It's gone. It's the, that one there, Pub Radio Australia. Um, that's designed to be a music stream to go into pubs and hotels across Australia. I've only just established that, so there's uh, not a great following at this point. But the idea is that rather than listening to your local radio or having the same CD playing over and over and over again in a hotel, they play the music that Pub Radio Australia comes through. So they're the two radio stations. Um, I also produce radio programs for a local community radio station, a program called Two Blokes Chatting, um, where me, uh, me, that's bad English, isn't it? Another gentleman and I present a program on a Saturday morning where we just chat to guests, um, typically with a regional Australian focus, typically with a sports focus, uh, and we just spend two hours chatting to them about various things. So that's the radio involvement. Podcasting, at the moment, I think I've got nine podcasts, five of which are for for untypical, um, one of which you've appeared on, a, a podcast called WowPod, uh, the Words of Wisdom podcast. That's got about 80 episodes uh, published. Uh, there's another one called Home Buyers Q&A, which is designed to help people who are buying their first home, give them the answers to questions about buying a home. Uh, I've got the Two Blakes Chatting podcast, which is kind of the radio show chopped up into bits. Uh, we've also got uh, one called Untypical Thoughts, which relates back to the work that I'm doing with Untypical. I've got another one called Small Biz TV, which is using StreamYard, what the technology we're using at the moment. Uh, small businesses and I have a chat as we are at the moment, and we talk about their business, that conversation then gets translated into a podcast as well as a vodcast, which is obviously the video version. On top of that, I've just launched a couple of new brands, one of which relates to doing podcasting for businesses. So I have four podcasts under that model at the moment. Another one called Regional Podcast, where I will be doing podcasts for regional councils in and around Australia as uh, to let them get basically re-engaged with the post-COVID activity. So that, that gives you your answer. It's a big answer, isn't it? Yeah. So for your Go Radio Live, do you broadcast live or do you just have it running all day? All yeah, all day, every day. Yeah, so 24-7, there is something on goradio.live 24-7. Uh, and predominantly, that is automated. So um, there's a, a platform that I use that enables me to upload all of my music onto there. And then I'll have a program that I say, just play music from the 60s or just play music from the 70s or just play music from the 80s or just play Australian music or whatever. So I've been doing this live program in the morning, an hour and a half, where I'm actually sitting talking to people, bringing them news, weather, sport, that sort of stuff. Uh, and my opinion that everyone gets to listen to whether they like it or not. And then uh, on a Friday night, we just had a bit of fun. We found that with the isolation that was going on in Australia, um, people were starting to get a bit down the dumps. And so a group of people that I knew said, oh, it would just be good to be able to spend Friday nights together again, wouldn't it? So I started off by creating a, a school reunion. So people from my school were listening to the program at the same time and they were doing shout outs to each other and it grew from there. So we've got now, prob I don't know how many people are listening, but there's a group of us on a Friday night from 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Uh, I just sit here and play music and do shout outs and say good day to people. And we're, we just have a great time. We've got people all around Australia listening to us. We've got one group that sits in front of a bonfire up in uh, suburban Melbourne. They do that every Friday night. They've got others up in 
regional Victoria who sit around with a group of people having a few drinks and stuff. So it's just a bit of fun, really. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, so what is there anything when you started podcasting, is there anything you could relate to starting out? No, scratch that. Is there anything like you would tell yourself when you first started to change what you what you did when you started? So if I knew then what I knew now? Yeah. Is that the was that the question? Um, I, I think I think the thing I would encourage anybody and and you and I have had this conversation before in various places that just have a go. Um, I, I think I spent a lot of time concerned about the production quality. Now you need to you need to do your work. You can't just say I'm going to grab my phone and record stuff and then re- and and publish it if you want a whole lot of people to listen. You, you want you want to make sure that it's listenable to, if that makes is that a word listenable to? But yeah, kind of. Um, and the more practice you do, the better you will be at it. So a podcast, by definition, says I'm going to put it onto a form onto a platform, which then uploads onto the, the podcast stores, and I can then say to my friends, "Have a listen to it." Now, some of the podcast hosting services allow you to do that for free. All of the podcast stores allow you to do it for free. So you've got a chance to practice. So I would say rather than sitting there trying to get it right, give it a go, um, that great Australian expression, have a crack, and and then put it into the podcast stores and tell your friends to, to give you some feedback. The only thing would be be prepared for your, your friends to come back and go, that wasn't very good. Um, be prepared for them to say, oh, I think you should do this. If, you are, if you're asking for feedback, people will give you feedback. So that's what I would do. Um, the other thing I'd do is I'd make sure I've got a good microphone. I notice you're using the Blue Yeti. That's probably about, I'm, I'm going to translate into American dollars, probably about $120, something like that. Is that about that's right? About. Yeah. So the microphone that I normally use when I'm broadcasting, and I'll try and do this. So hang on, can you see it? There it is. That's the one I use when I'm broadcasting. That's a Rode uh, Procaster. That's what and I'm. That's, that's the one I'm thinking about getting. When yeah, it, about get a chance. Two hundred Australian, so probably about 130, 140 US. Um, a, a really good microphone, um, and you don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But the better the microphone, the better you'll sound. Generally speaking. Yep, and then during this whole COVID stuff, have you found yourself having more interests in certain things? Well, I think that my primary interest has been getting my business set up to do podcasting and radio. Um, I think one of the things when you get to my age, and for those watching, you may not realize, but I'm actually older than Alexander. Um, It's just been, I've had a really, really hard life. We're both the same age. I'm a teenager as well. Um, But what you find when you get to my age is you've done a lot of things that you had to do. You know, you had to get a job and you had to do this and you had to do that. You've got kids, you want to support them, all that sort of stuff. So by... When you get to this stage of life, you're starting to think about how can I do the things I love doing oh, and shit. make a dollar out of them rather than the things I have to do. So what it's meant is that I've been able to spend some time during the COVID time where there has been some really good government financial support provided, which enables me to go and do the things I need to do, some government grants to set up businesses and so on. So it's been good from that point of view. So I've focused my attention on um, getting the podcasting and radio stations up and about. I see. So, um, oh, what was it? 
Um, oh, where is one place you would like to travel just anywhere, really? Oh, that's a good question out of nowhere. Um, I've been to 20 countries across the world. Part of the thing when you're in Australia is forget about New Zealand because that's only sort of just over the over the ditch, as they like to call it. Um, the closest international destination is seven hours flight away. So it's not something like, oh, I think I'll, you know, I'll jump on a plane and I'll go to Canada and I'll be there in 45 minutes like you can. Uh, it's not like being in the UK and saying I'll, I'll you know, get on a train and go across to four different countries and I'll come back tomorrow. It's, it's a very isolated part of the world here. So I think if someone said to me, look, you can't travel overseas ever again, I could, I could, I could live with that. I think Australia has just got some amazing places to visit, and I'd love to visit the Queensland outback and do basically a drive north from Melbourne up through the New South Wales outback, up through Queensland outback, and then come back down the coast. Internationally, I've got, I'm, I'm a bit of a problem because I want to go to places that aren't near one another. I'd like to go back to the UK. I've only ever been there twice, and both times for work, so I didn't get enough time to see. Um, the UK. I've been to the US once and I was there for three days. So you can imagine how much of the US I saw, particularly given that I was there for a conference. So I saw even less of the US. Being a music head, I'd love to do Route 66 just to... That's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to spend a bit of time in Memphis um, because there's a bit of music activity down there. So there's a sort of little pockets of the... I'd love to go to New York just to um, I guess I, I was in, in an aeroplane the day of September 11, 2001, between Singapore and Japan. And it, it was because I was international at the time, uh, there was a lot of focus on where I was and was I safe and so on. And I just feel that I need to go to New York at some stage to pay to see the, the ground zero and, and understand what that part means to me. Um, so Italy, I think I'd like to go to Italy. Um, I've been to some of the other European countries very, very briefly. I'd love to go back to Denmark and go back to um, Sweden and see a bit more of Sweden. So these these are places I've generally been for one or two days rather than two weeks like I probably need to. Yeah, like, so we go up to Canada every couple of years to renew our Australian passports. Yep. So, Actually, so like we, spend, we spend about two weeks up there. Just yeah. To, and then we end up, then we recently went over to to the Midwest to and spend about a month there. So when we travel, we like spending a good chunk of time there. Yeah. And and I would like to, but typically I was traveling by myself for work and, you know, you'd come back home because you've got kids to support. So, um, you know, it was always a bit, a bit tricky, but that's okay. So have you always had an interest for travel? Um, not really. I've got to say, um, I, I loved going and seeing places and I loved going and working with people in other places, particularly in regional Australia. I've been to something like, I think it's something like 200 places around Australia where I've actually done a day's work because of the work I was traveling. I, I was spending a lot of time in airplanes and cars. And from that point of view, I, someone, I said to someone one day, if there was some way of doing that without getting on an airplane, if I could get to all those places, you know, time travel or whatever, That'd be great. I, I don't enjoy the travel component of it, but I love the stuff at the other end, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of the same with me. I don't like the journey you take it. I like the end of the, the journey you take. I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of that part, but I like where the journey leads you. 
Well, the other thing is too, you can't tell by me sitting down, but I'm six foot three and that translates to about 188 centimetres. So being in an aeroplane for a long time is not a lot of fun. Um, fortunately, the organisations I've worked for who have sent me overseas have sent me overseas business class, which means at least I can stretch out and get a decent sleep. But sitting on a domestic flight to Perth, for example, Melbourne to Perth, for those who are trying to get their head around how big Australia is, Melbourne and Perth are on opposite sides of the country and it's a four-hour flight. Uh, three and a half on the way back, four hours on the way across. I don't know where the Perth moves while I'm over there, but uh, it always takes three and a half to get back. So it's the equivalent, I guess, of flying LA to New York, something like that. Um, yeah. So it's it's a big, big place. And for you to be on a domestic economy seat for that distance becomes a bit nasty. If you want to go to somewhere like Darwin, I flew to Darwin once um, via Adelaide. So I flew uh, one hour west and then headed north that's a four-hour trip but when you're flying back it's a five and a half hour trip by the time i got back i could hardly walk because the seats you got your knees up under your chin but you know that's it's the the being in an airplane doesn't do anything for me at all once i get there it's all right i'm pretty happy with it but if i'm driving i love driving long distances you see i'm a i'm about six four okay and when we fly to australia we fly economy yeah, or we usually fly business, which helps a lot of my knees, because I tend to have a lot of knee problems on flights. And then, but I'd much rather drive if I could. Yeah, although driving to Australia from where you are is a, a little bit tricky. Um, it's that thing, the Pacific Ocean, I think they call it, that causes it a little bit hard to drive. Only if they made a bridge that went from <laughs> from Los Angeles down to down to Perth or New York to Sydney. I think it's hard. But yeah. the longest flight in the world is actually New York to Sydney. Yeah, and and also the other one is uh, Melbourne to uh, Melbourne to London is is pretty lengthy. So if you fly Melbourne to London, it's um, you generally go by Singapore or the Middle East, and it's pretty much twenty four hours one end to the other with a stopover in the middle. And at one stage they were talking about being able to fly Perth to, uh, in fact, I think they already are Perth to, to London um, nonstop. And that's something like an 18 or 19 hour flight. So it's it's pretty pretty gruesome, I've got to say. Like once we flew from uh, we flew from Los Angeles, no San Francisco, which is even northern north of Los Angeles. We flew from San Francisco to Perth, and that was like a 19 hour flight, uh, unbroken, like so nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah, that's a bit ugly. It was also uncomfortable. Yeah. My yeah, feet and, got a bit swollen. Yeah, it's, oh, the first 45 minutes are great. It's the other 18 hours that kill you. And then everything up up in the cabin's not all dry. And yeah. I, what are you talking about travel? Have mm. you, where's the person who, uh, is there a person you've met anywhere? Like, no, it's hard to word it. But have you met anyone in a different country, but you had them on your podcast or something? And where are they um, from? Yeah, no. So I've got uh, on on WowPod. I've pro, I've got eighty episodes or eighty eighty one. I can't remember how many I've published, but let's call it eighty. I would have said probably twelve, fifteen, something like that. Are from overseas. You're obviously one of them. Uh, I had a, a bloke who I worked with. In 1989, he came to Australia from the UK and we've kept in touch. So he's been on there. Um, so people I've 
I've worked with who are on the podcast? Probably not. But people who I've worked with who I've kept in touch with, yeah, a few of those. Um, the great thing about when you work in the oil industry is a lot of people work in different countries. So, you know, someone from the US might come and work in Melbourne or someone from Melbourne might go and work in London. And so you often find that you've got people within those organisations that know each other. And if you, you don't know them, you'll know someone who knows them, if that makes sense. It's, it's a, also it's a good the network. mining industry. Yeah. Because I'm, I have a cousin, well, he's my mother's cousin, but he, he's from Perth and he works up in Darwin. And yeah. he, uh, then he has a comp, his company works with people from Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. All over. Well, that'd be interesting to see now with COVID, whether or not businesses will start to cut the amount of travel uh, because it's very costly. And, and as you and I are demonstrating at the moment, you can actually have a sensible conversation with someone on the other side of the world on a different day, in fact. Um, if you need to, yours being Sunday, mine being Monday. Um, it's not hard to do that. And if you're flying, as a, that trip to the US that I did, the three-day trip, I went into a four-hour workshop. So I flew to I flew to Melbourne, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Dallas-Fort Worth, Dallas-Fort Worth to Houston for a four-hour meeting. Now, these days, you would just do that via Zoom. Well, most people would. Yeah, but, yeah. but the crazy people would much rather just go there and waste the money to fly. Well, I think the thing is too now that like I'm doing a bit of travel at the moment inside Victoria, the state that I live in, uh, to support some regional businesses. And if I'm driving three hours or four hours to visit somebody, I'll make sure that I've got three or four meetings. So I drive there and I set up three or four meetings, then drive back. So it's a bit the same, I guess. If I was flying now to say the UK for work, Yes, I'd probably see someone in London, but I'd also make sure I see people in other places as well. You see, in two years, I can do that on my own. I can On the weekends, I could either go up to Portland, Oregon, go down to Eugene or something, and then have a few episodes down there or something. And it'd be yep. cool because I'll be 16, which means I'll, have my, I'll be able to have my license and drive alone. Yep. So I'll, just be, I'll be able to travel with my equipment in, my, in the back of the car and go down to go down south or go west yeah well the equipment that i use i use a thing called the roadcaster pro which i know sounds a lot like what i just called my microphone <laughs> but the procaster uh, the roadcaster pro is a mixing desk an australian brand uh, it's got four inputs it's got a usb and a bluetooth and a trrs input which means i can in theoretically have seven inputs to the to the desk and i pick that up and uh it's probably i'm just looking at it here it's probably about 40 centimetres by about 20 centimetres by about 5, 10 centimetres, that sort of size box, really light. I just take that in the car with me. Uh, I take a headset, you know, with the headphones and the microphone in here. Um, and I can broadcast literally from anywhere that I've got an internet signal. Yeah, uh, yeah. You see, for my goal is to, with my company, I'm still working on the copyright. Yep. But... I'm uh, probably going to uh, see if I could on some like on my long breaks. I'm seeing if I could travel with my family. We could go somewhere, and I could uh, when we go somewhere, I could see if I can end up finding an episode there. So yeah, I have an interest in what I'm going to do there. Well, if you're doing this, um, the twofold thing. Um, so I'm not talking about using a desk and so on. I mean, I don't know whether you can see or not on my my shirt. Uh, which side is it? That side there. I've actually got a microphone attached to my shirt. Now, a, shirt, a microphone like that's probably 50 or 60 US dollars. I've got that plugged into my laptop. 
uh, and I'm holding a conversation. So that's all you really need if you want to do something like this one-on-one. You could literally be anywhere as long as you've got that internet signal. Or I could, or wrote as these interviewer mics, which you have one, the other. You could do it that way, like with a yeah. Bluetooth signal to your computer. Or a lot of people just do it with the XLR input on a mixed uh, on a mixer. Yeah, but I guess in terms of travel, if you're traveling to Australia, you don't want to be carrying fourteen different pieces of equipment. Just a simple microphone like the one I've got on my shirt and your laptop, and you can literally be recording an episode like this anywhere. And get a, and get software like. Garage band or something that doesn't take Wi-Fi, then you could just record it there, and then you could just yeah. or you stream it, or you stream recording it, yeah. And then also, I think, or you get something like a Zoom recorder. Yes, like got one that, of those. Which you like one of the Zoom field recorders? They you, yeah. you can just bring like a headset mic and and something like it to talk to people and interview. Yeah, well, the, the Zoom recorder I've got um, has two XLR inputs, which means you can have two microphones. But at the same time, built into the top of it are two little microphones like that. Uh, which way am I? There I am. Those that point like that. So if it's sitting on the desk, um, you're talking into one, I'm talking into the other. It actually picks itself up really well. And so you don't need anything apart from the handheld recorder. But then you've got to have the editing software to deal with it once you finish and so on. Yeah. Who is a who do you think is the most interesting guest you've had on your podcast on oh, you. Wildpod? You. Okay. Not really. But I thought I'd say that because otherwise you might hang up on me. Uh, who's the most interesting? Well, it, it's really interesting. There's that word again. I was talking to someone over the weekend trying to encourage them to be on Wowpod. And they're they're saying, Oh, I haven't got anything interesting to say. And interestingly, she's a mother of two. And she says, I've got no wisdom to share. And yet I'm saying, well, what have you taught your kids along the way? And so there's this, there's this thing that says people don't think that they're interesting unless they have you know, solved world poverty or they've developed a COVID vaccine or something. But everyone that I speak to is interesting. The episode that I recorded on, the, on Friday, I, it was one of my well-known Wednesdays, which is coming out on Wednesday this week. And I interviewed a, a guy who does uh, a comedy program on national radio here in Australia. And we spent the entire hour telling each other silly jokes and laughing. And and so it's one of those episodes, it completely broke the mold of what WowPod looks like, but it'll be, I think, really good entertainment. It might go past you because a lot of the references are Australian and, and you, know, you haven't spent a lot of time over here. But you know, there'll be a, people in Australia who I think will find it very, very funny. Other people I've, I've chatted to, there was one of my guests who, when we finished the conversation, uh, while the theme was going, started crying. And it was because she had delved into her past and, and hadn't realised some of the things that she had uh, sort of suppressed. There are other people who have done amazing things and not amazing things that would be reported in the newspaper, but amazing things around her family or their community or so things that you know, I find really interesting and this fascination I have with regional Australia, some people are doing things in regional Australia that aren't necessarily impacting millions of people, but they're certainly impacting a few thousand. And so I, I can't, if I was to say, uh, I guess, guess the guest that uh, we had in episode one, he was pretty good. Um, that was me. 
Um, and I'll be doing my episode 100 will be me doing my wow pod. So I'll be actually answering questions of that my five statements of wisdom. So, yeah, that's the, the spectrum. And so to say which one, yeah, I think they're all in an equal first place. You see, I'm I'm trying to work on my uh, on my guests, and I'm trying to convince some people around my community to come on it, but they're like, no, I'm not interesting. Yeah, and and I think the question is, what do you mean by interesting? And I think people, and so what I've tended to do with WowPod is saying, look, I've just got normal people telling me normal stories. Uh, if if you go out, if if you open the newspaper in your local area, uh, they're not going to say, oh, someone someone uh, has started a small business at the age of 25 and is now a successful business operator. No one, you're not going to open the paper and find something that says, uh, here is someone who's delved into the depths of her memory and has come up with some really interesting observations about life. That doesn't get in the newspaper. And, but, you know, the well-known Wednesdays, one of my well-known Wednesdays had a hit song in the 1970s and has subsequently gone on to become an amazing author. I've had a bloke who was a captain of an AFL premiership side. I've had someone who's becoming a real uh, mover and shaker in the LinkedIn world. Those people are interesting, whatever that means, but it's it's the other people who don't get that that uh, opportunity, I guess, to tell their story. So I'd be, I'd be encouraging you to say to those people, yeah, probably not nationally nationally interesting, but interesting for our, our audience. I think that's the, the thing. And I'm, I have people saying to me, oh, I'll listen to episode whatever the other day. That guy was really, really interesting. What an interesting story. Now, the same person had said to me, oh, I'm not very interesting. So it's all about how people perceive. I think it's a, a humility thing. They don't want to be showing that they're amazing. You see, you've also had an interesting 14-year-old who started a media production company. That's it. You are the youngest. I'll give you that. I won't I won't argue with that. Um, although I had another one who was probably, oh, he might be 18 or 19. He was actually standing for local council, and he wanted to use my conversation with him to promote himself as a local councillor, um, as in the Shire Council. Um I'm trying to think who my oldest is. I guess my oldest would be in their late 60s, that sort of age group, and everything in between. Um, we've had people from Singapore, India, the US, Canada, the UK, Germany. So, you know, there's been uh, New Zealand, as they like to call it over there. Um, yeah, so there's been a whole lot of people with a whole lot of really interesting stories to tell. And that's... Land of the Kiwis. Sorry? Land of the Kiwis. Yeah, that's it. We call it New Zealand. They like to call it New Zealand because they've got a really weird accent over there. Oh, yeah. And then also, here's something for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to answer it, but how many downloads do you have on WildPod? Not enough. Uh, I think on the 80 episodes, or uh, maybe it's 70 something, maybe it's, I've recorded 80, doesn't matter. It's 70 or 80, that sort of number. There's been about 3,500 downloads in total. So I'm probably averaging about 50 or 60 per episode, which is not a lot, but I don't care uh, because I'm having fun. As long as I'm having fun and someone else is listening, that's all that really matters. I'm in the midst of uh, creating another podcast called The Steak and Cake Comedy. 
Right. A comedy one. Yeah, that's challenging. I always find the comedy ones, some are, some are hit and some are hit. And I think the really nice thing about the one that, that uh, Ian and I did on Friday, which I think was very funny in parts, um, we didn't set out to make it funny. I think <laughs> that people will be listening in with an expectation it will be just a conversation. It's just that Ian and I spent most of our time laughing. One of his words of wisdom was, um, it's okay to grow old, but it's... Uh, no, how was it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Just because you have to go get old doesn't mean you have to grow up, you know? And so there were he and I sitting around having a great old laugh about very silly things. And um, yeah, it was just a bit of fun. It's like you don't... It's not... It's like it's okay to grow. It's okay to grow old, but it's not okay to grow up or something. You can. Always- yeah. So I can't remember the exact words that he said, but I my version of that is, uh, growing old is inevitable. Growing up is optional. <laughs> and that'll so, be a segment. That'll be a segment in my show that I post on the socials. There you go. I've just helped you out with designing your program. But um. Yeah, recently I've been listening to a few Australian artists on my Spotify. Okay. Who's your fave? Slim Dusty. <laughs> ah, yes, the old Slim. I actually met him once. Oh, that must have been cool. <laughs> it was a very, very brief conversation. In Australia, uh, Slim Dusty, for those who are wondering, Slim Dusty was uh, an Australian artist, iconic Australian country artist, probably the best-known country artist in Australia's history. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Kilpatrick, I think his real name was, and Slim was uh, famous, I guess, for the first ever Australian gold record, a song called A Pub With No Beer. Oh, that's my favourite song of his. <laughs> and um, th- there is a pub out there somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it. I saw the sign at the front, which was meant to be the pub that, that the song was written about. But what was happening was you go in regional Australia and there'll be a sign out the front of um, motels. Slim Dusty stayed here. And... The, apparently he would go around saying to motels, if you give me free accommodation, I'll let you put the sign up out the front. So he was going around Australia doing all these shows. And I met him standing at the front of a motel in Colac, which is about 50, uh, 80 kilometres, 50 miles from here, uh, further down the highway away from Melbourne. And you see him on stage and you think, you know, he's a big guy, you know, he's a very famous guy. I reckon he would be about five foot four, He's this tiny little man, sadly no longer with us. He passed away probably 10 years ago. But he he was this tiny, tiny little man and just had this amazing following. He's done something ridiculous like 150 albums or like something quite remarkable. And he still had about 10, 10 20 after he died that he wanted yeah, to produce. Yeah, just absolutely remarkable. And I think the thing is, in the US, I think country music has a much higher profile than what it does in Australia. In Australia, you only say you put your hand up and say, oh, I, I like country music, and people laugh at you. I like uh, country music. I'm an Australian, but yeah, I, but you're not, uh, you're not like the, the rest of us. Um, I actually quite like Australian country music, um, in probably in small doses. My favorite genre is the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, you know, in those days, country was country and western, and it was very twangy, if you like, um, very traditional. Like country and western and so nobody would say that they liked it but these days we i guess our biggest name in country music these days is keith urban oh um, what do you, i thought he 
Well, here's something for you. He's originally a Kiwi. Yeah, and the, yeah, I, I think he was born there, but he spent the majority of his life in a place called Caboolture. And Caboolture, when I say the majority of his life, he spent the majority of his life in the US, but he's uh, predominantly, before he became well-known, he did uh, most of his life in a place called Caboolture, which is about 50 or 60 kilometres north of Brisbane in Queensland. Yeah. But it, the thing is with Kiwis, uh, for those who don't understand the significance of New Zealand, New Zealand is about four hours flight from Melbourne, I guess, off the east coast of Australia. And there has been um, amusing amusing taunts at the New Zealanders that they're just really another state of Australia. And they get really quite annoyed about that. I think New Zealand's population is about three and a half million. And there is a, a love-hate relationship with New Zealand in the in the rugby, which is not a sport that I know a great deal about, but there is a fierce, fierce um, rivalry between Australia and New Zealand. Um, the it's All like Blacks, the, what their team's called. Ours is called the uh, what are we called? The Wallabies? Is that what we're called? Yeah, you're called the Wallabies. Yeah, because there's different different names across different sports. But um, yeah, New Zealand. Anyone who's successful in New Zealand who then comes to Australia uh, becomes an Australian. So Russell Crowe, the Hollywood actor is an Australian, even though he spent most of his childhood in New Zealand. But because he's been successful, we call him an Aussie. If they're unsuccessful, no, they're a New Zealander. We don't talk to them. <laughs> like for uh, damn oh, for Slim Dusty. What? And then I, you know where I originally saw him from when I was little. I yeah. uh, I uh, was watching the Wiggles. Okay. <laughs> And he was on the Wiggles and he did. It was some dance in the barn. Okay. It was funny. Yeah. No, the, if you haven't been on the Wiggles, it was a bit like back in the 80s when you um, – in the 80s, the Muppet Show was on. If you didn't get onto the Muppet Show as a famous person, you, you really weren't famous. Well, it's a bit the same over here with the Wiggles. If you haven't been on the Wiggles, the most famous Wiggle, I guess, that, that's not really a Wiggle, um, was the Pink Wiggle. And the Pink Wiggle was um, Kylie Minogue, who um, – started off here in a, in a television show called Neighbours. And then... Oh, I know. A, Wiggle from... Yeah. Yeah. And so she became a uh, a singer and then just went berserk in the UK and is now probably Australia's highest-selling artist in, in the UK, certainly. And um, you know that you've made it when nobody needs to use your surname. She's not called Kylie Minogue. She's just Kylie, like Madonna, you know. Um, everyone knows who we're talking about. And she... Had a because uh, the Wiggles for those again who don't know is a four-piece Australian children's group, and one wears a red skivvy, one wears a yellow skivvy, one wears a purple skivvy, and one wears a blue skivvy. And the people the keep changing. Sleepy. That's it. Wake up, Jeff. Um, but they keep on changing the personnel, but the, the skivvy say the same. So Kylie has reserved the pink, the pink skivvy for herself. So she's the pink Wiggle. Oh, back to the. Rugby, when you like, you said like how it's Australia to New Zealand, how it's a big rival. Yep, it's almost like the in cricket, it's almost like the Pakistanis and the and the uh, and he, and the Indians and the yes, yes. Although there's a little bit of uh, political history there as well, which makes that one a little bit more uh, rivaled. But uh, yes, for and and then I remember watching an episode of the Wiggles about a it it had Kylie Minogue in it, but it was. And it also had Steve Irwin. Ah, yes. Yes, sadly, also no longer with us these days. 
But uh, if we're on the Wiggles, we have to do this. Yeah. That was how they used to always entertain the kids. I could be the navy blue wiggle, couldn't I? I've got my navy blue shirt on. Okay, you ready for the five, uh, five fast facts? Sure, off you go. If you were to go to a coffee shop with someone who is deceased or alive, who would it be? Famous or not? So who would I want to have coffee with? And it's and it's one to four people. Oh, one to four. Okay. Well, if it's four, I'll go with two and two. I'll go with uh, two dead, two alive. Is that all right? Yep. The Beatles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because Ringo and Paul are still alive. Ringo and Paul are still alive. And then saw Jordan. Paul McCartney live in Melbourne in 2017. Um, a most remarkable concert. Um, if you're talking about the non-famous, I'll go with um, with two, and I'll take Lucy and Sam, who are my son and daughter. No, daughter and son. Lucy is 30. Sam is 26. Your favorite genre of music? Uh, anything that's played on GoRadio.live. <laughs> um, 60s, 70s, 80s, I think, the sort of classic hit stuff. And- like the Bee Gees. Uh, they get a run. Yep, they're in there. But I think the thing is, there's a lot of um, radio stations that play classic hits, and they'll play the Beatles, for example, and they'll only play about seven or eight different songs. So they'll play Yesterday, they'll play Hey Jude, they'll play Let It Be. But there's mm-hmm. so much more behind that. And so what we like to do on GoRadio.Live is say, yeah, we'll play those, but we'll also play uh, other stuff as well. So there's two and a half thousand songs in the GoRadio.Live music library which could also be called Neil's Record Collection. I had to open my blinds. The sun went away. <laughs> oh. I thought you, were, I thought you got bored. Too dark. Yeah, that's right. Your favorite food? Oh, um, as, as, as my mate Ian on Friday said, oh, anything that's free. Um, I, I reckon if, if push came to shove, it would be Italian. Um, so I like pasta and I like pizza. Um, as you can probably tell by the shape of my stomach. Um, yeah, I think, or alternatively, if I'm if I'm not allowed to do sort of takeaway stuff, a good eye fillet steak barbecued with a glass of red wine to, drop, to wash it down. Who is your dream guest to have on, your, on any of your podcasts? Uh, uh, who's my, oh, I, I think probably if push came to shove, probably Paul McCartney. And he just came out with McCartney 3. Did he? Yep. Three, yeah. A couple days ago, a couple of weeks ago or something. Yeah, I haven't caught up with that one yet. I've been busy. Um, yeah, because I think he's he's probably the most iconic musician of my time. And uh, I think he would have some interesting things to say. And he, and he, have, and he most certainly has an interesting accent. He does, doesn't he? Although people from Liverpool would say he doesn't have an accent. So I don't have an accent, but you do. You've got an American accent. You say, I, I, I don't have an accent. I talk normally. You don't have an accent to me because I hear it in my mom. Yeah, there is that, I suppose. Yep. Although her oh, voice okay. is mine. Yeah. This is episode one of the weekly Apex. I'm Alexander. I'll see you next time. You can follow Neil on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, at Untypical AU.
I will see you next time. But Neil, be sure to stay on a little afterwards. Sure, we'll do it. Say my.